Hey guys, Kaylin here. Um, just wanted to hop on real quick before the episode starts um, and say a few things. First of all, um, quick trigger warning. We're going to be talking about abuse, sexual assault, um, and rape in this episode. So um, feel free to skip this one um, if you're not comfortable listening to that. Um, secondly, we're talking about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial um, and just to cover our bases legally. Um, what we What we say about them as individuals and what happened in their relationship is obviously all alleged. Um, and lastly, we did pre-record this episode. So, um, a couple times we're going to mention like, oh, you know, in the last episode or, um, you know, the last, yeah, the last episode, um, that's actually going to be next week's episode. Um, so just keep that in mind if you're like, what the fuck? Like, they didn't even talk about that in the last episode. Um, that's because it's not out yet. And we recorded these out of order. Um, so that'll be in next week's episode. And um, this will be a little teaser for that. So um, now that all of that is out of the way, um, please enjoy the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Point and Laugh podcast. We are your hosts, Skylar and Kaylin. Woo. Yay! Um, so, what are we? What are we discussing today? <sighs> Unfortunately, <laughs> if you are chronically online like I am, um, you will have run into them. They swarm comment sections, all of Twitter, all of Tumblr. They are stands. Yeah, and we must tread very carefully. Because one wrong move, and they will dox us. And, and the barbs will come for me. Specifically, <laughs> Specifically, they will call your work and demand that you be fired. Um, just small little tangent. That happened. Um, just to, yeah, just to, like, get us into it. That literally happened. We, um, we used to work at the same company, um, and... Someone literally called us being like, do you, do you like work with so-and-so? Um, and like, we, we kind of did, but kind of didn't. They weren't an employee, but like we did work with them. Um, and they were like, just let them know, let like they, what they said about Nicki Minaj is like, (laughs) is so inappropriate. And that like the barbs are coming for them. And I was like, okay, like what? Um, yeah, it was just a little insane, but... Yeah, someone that we had worked with said something slightly derogatory on Twitter to Nicki Minaj, and someone then looked him up, looked up the people that he had been represented by, called the wrong office, and demanded that he be fired. So it's like, it's, it's almost too much investigation work, and then not enough. Yeah. Yeah, like you got some of the details mixed up. Like it's it's the right company, the wrong location. I'm like we we had no idea. Well, the energy though, we're hiring. Um, it just... <laughs> Let me just Would plug like that. Job? Plug that real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be talking about stand culture. Um, and I think kind of I might go a little bit more into like not even stands, but just like the general I think entitlement that people online feel towards like celebrities lives mm-hmm. um or i guess entitlement to personal information of of celebrities lives which is like kind of fascinating um let's so get into it. yeah let's get into it um so just super super quick overview of like the origins of standing um i first off let me read my sources um i used a couple of articles um, one, When Grownups Have Imaginary Friends by Jessica Grose, um, published in the New York Times. Um, Meet the Barbs, the Nicki Minaj fandom fighting the Nicki hate train um, from Rolling Stone magazine, written by Charles Holmes. Um, the 2010 Social Media and the Birth of Stan Culture, NPR, written by Sydney Madden. Um, and Johnny Depp case brings Stan Culture into the courtroom, also the New York Times, by Ezra Marcus. Um, so those are the articles that I'm going to be kind of talking about today. Buckle up. Yeah, so um, the origins of standing. Um, Stan is like a combination, like a hybrid baby of um, stalker and fan. 
Um, so basically, yeah. yeah, just like a super fan who is just like way too invested in a celebrity's life. Um, it was allegedly there's like I don't know some mixed sources, but overall, most people agree that it the term kind of originated. I'm sorry, my cat is about to <laughs> use the litter box. This is so funny. Yeah, so the the term was kind of first coined in um, 2000, 20 years, 22 years ago. Ew. Um, from Eminem. And- <laughs> the original influencer, Eminem, Slim Shady himself, yes. has established, basically he's invented Twitter. Can we give him that? He Elon did, Musk, yeah. move over. No. Eminem. Eminem is the new, the new CEO. Um, so it, it's a song, he has a song called Stan. Um, it's about a man who was pushed to the edge when his idol wouldn't answer his fan mail. Um, yeah, the word is synonymous with overzealous or obsessed. Um, so that's just like what a Stan is if you're not super aware. Mm-hmm. Have you been a stan? Would you consider yourself to be a stan of anybody? In your standing career? I'm, like, really trying to think. I mean, like, definitely when I was younger, but I think actively, like, not really. Like, there's no one who I'm, like, obsessed with. There are a few people, though, and, like, I'll kind of, I'll kind of get into it where, like, because um, I, I, I think along with standing also kind of comes, like, parasocial relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely people who I have, like, parasocial relationships with. And there are even people who I, like was probably a stan for like for example like Emma Chamberlain I was like a huge stan in like probably like 2017 through like I mean like 2020 like I I would like watched every single video loved her like I still love her um but it's kind of one of those situations where it's like she's like an old friend who like I'm not like super involved in their life but I catch up with them every once like once and again and I'm like um I'm like oh you know like happy Happy to see that they're doing well, you know, happy to see that they're flourishing and, and, and doing well. So there's like a couple people like that, but I think like actively not, not really. <laughs> Speak your truth. Oh God, this, this podcast is quickly turning into Skylar bears all for the internet. This is what happens when you're raised on Tumblr since you're 13 years old. Tumblr, I think, is the cesspool of where standing originated from. Yep. Like, Facebook, not really. There were fan pages on Facebook. But I think Tumblr and later on, definitely Twitter now, but Tumblr back then was where the source of standing culture really came from. And more embarrassing, the people I stand. So uh, I think I could say that I was a hyper fan of Zac Efron when I was eight years old, but I didn't yet have the tools at my disposal to be a stan. Like, my information about Zac Efron came from the Disney Channel, occasionally... Teen Beat Magazine. Teen Beat Magazine, Us Weekly, (laughs) that I would rip out articles about him when my mom would get her nails done and fold them in my pocket and bring them home with me and put them up on my wall. You're a little thief. I'm a little insane, (laughs) is what I think the better word would be. Um, But once I had, like, the tools at my disposal, tools being a social media account, a smartphone yeah access to the unfettered access to the internet this is gonna be so embarrassing um so we all we know of my glee days <laughs> we all know we've been there we've been yeah. there so um it went beyond super fandom to i stand darren chris to an extent chris colfer but i knew that chris colfer was a more private person but definitely uh i was i was a darren chris stan um, embarrassingly enough, I think one of the key components to really differentiate between superfan and stan is superfan is like you follow them on social platforms, you watch all their stuff, you consume all of their media, maybe you'll have their merch, and like that's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of, of fans, you're allowed to have fans, but what crosses over into stans is that one time when One Direction stans hijacked footage of an airport so they could watch One Direction in their loading gate. Just watching them look at their phones in the loading gate uh, before they board their plane. That's Stan. Yeah. Stan is, this is where Darren Chris was on this day. This is any person that he has ever spoken to. This is uh, who we think all of his ex-girlfriends are, why they broke up, where those ex-girlfriends are now, who they're dating now. We can target them now as to ask them why they ever broke up with Darren Chris. I didn't do any of that. I have to preface this isn't me like lying, but that is that's Stan. Stan is more than um, you love them. You love their content. You love their work. It goes down to like, what are they doing right now? What are they doing? 
what is their not only like what is their favorite food but like what are they doing what are they what do they smell like right now like that that it's that it's a little bit body pillow yeah a little Helga Pataki who does a throwback to last episode that is Stan and I did grow out of it and I'll, I'll bring Taryn up later as like my own <laughs> personal relationship with this whole thing but I remember being kind of freaked out with that and like the speculations are also a big part of stand mm-hmm. culture it's not just the urge for knowledge it's urge to fill in the gaps yourself it's yeah. theories about the secret relationships that they're having the secret usually gay relationships that they're having how can we prove those secret gay relationships um how can we disprove their current not gay ones mm-hmm. um that's that's another part of of stan culture is this obsessive need to overanalyze and theorize mm-hmm. about someone because the current information that they have is simply not enough that's interesting okay so i kind of have a question for you Uh-oh. um <laughs> i guess like what would be your opinion or theory on because obviously like larry was like such a huge oh. like ship during or I mean, oh, yeah. baby girl it's going strong in our year 2022 oh no larry stylinson is alive and well so so my question then is like with kind of like obsessions like that when people are kind of like hyper analyzing especially like the gay relationships of certain celebrities do you think there's like a a specific reason for that yes. or okay and um wow this is all this is all gonna come back later in, in tiny different ways but i think one of the main reasons is okay and we will we will talk about this more in depth but like not every stan is in love with their celebrity of choice um like plenty of like gay men really love like female pop stars like ariana grande lady gaga and a lot of like lesbians or sapphic women love like male actors and male male pop stars male influencers like it doesn't always necessarily mean that they are sexually attracted to them but there is some sort of love involved and i think for something like harry styles and and louis tomlinson to um very close people of one direction fame is this idea of like well if i can't have him it's because he's gay Oh. Because if he wasn't, then that would definitely hurt a little bit more. Um, and I think that it goes a little bit towards, I mean, there's elements of, um, you know, fetishizing gay men, as it is in a lot of teenage girls. M- myself, I was guilty of that <laughs> when I was younger. I'll admit that freely. Guilty as charged. God, the things I say, I'm, and when we put a mic in front of me, the FBI <laughs> wouldn't be able to torture out of me, and yet here I am. Um... So it is a little bit of that, and it's a little bit of like, oh, but he's so pure, like, he has to be gay, because he's Mm. a little cute, and I want to squeeze his cheeks and put him in a box, and and take him home with me. Also, I think there's a certain shame in idolizing straight white men. Yeah. (laughs) It's very embarrassing. Like, no, he's different. He's gay. He's a little fruity. Yeah. But it it does, especially with with Harry Styles and Larry Tomlinson, especially Harry Styles, currently Harry Styles, as we will get into. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. Harry's, we're coming. (laughs) Let's get get into it because I have, I'm like, I have a good segue. Let's do it. Okay. Well, Well, so like I, we were talking about this a little bit like before we started recording, but like it is so strange how like a lot of like modern internet culture is they're like obsessed with kind of like feminine presenting men but then if they are feminine presenting then they have to be like at the very least bisexual and if they're not they're queer baiting and that and then so then there's all these people who are like accusing like for example Harry Styles of like queer baiting and then essentially like either forcing them to come out publicly or deplatforming them. And like obviously I don't think that's really happened to to Harry quite yet, but there are a lot of like online conversations of like well this is you know it's like unfair for whatever reason and, yeah, and like, if my policeman got half of the much publicity as don't worry darling I think that would definitely have been way more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it is this idea of, again, kind of why, is if I can't have him, he, like, I want him to be gay. Mm-hmm. It would make the pain of him not being my boyfriend go down easier if Harry Styles was gay. But also, like, if he's going to act this way, 
uh, he needs to be categorized in one of five boxes in my mind, or he's confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna bring him up. Yeah. I'm bringing up Kit Connor. I'm doing it. I brought up Heartstopper last episode. I'll. I'll. I'll do it again. I'll bring up Heartstopper every episode if you let me. It's my current hyperfixation, and I'm very sorry about that. Except no, I'm not. But he is a hot button topic right now because, like you said, he was very recently forced to come out on Twitter. Um, so just for some, some background, in case you didn't know, because Kaylin, you said you didn't know. No. Um, so, uh, Netflix has a new show, Heartstopper. Please, for the love of God, watch it. And, um, it stars, one of its co-stars is Kit Connor, who plays the character Nick Nelson, who is bisexual in the show. And Netflix, part of its marketing was, like, patting itself on the back because it's like, we have a fully gay cast to play gay characters. Like, no, no queerbending allegations here. Like, that was part of the audition process is do you identify with the so-and-so? And And they kept it vague at that. And so in press junkets and interviews and, you know, meet and greets, Kit Connor was like, I am unlabeled. Everyone else, like, Joe Locke is like, I am gay. Um, God, I can't remember her name right now. Like, you know, I'm gay, I'm trans, I'm a lesbian. Like, everyone is like, I'm so-and-so. And Kit Connor, who plays one of the lead roles, is like, I am unlabeled. So already that wasn't a very popular choice. Um... Because in the online space, people kind of really do demand concrete answers to stuff like this. And frankly, labels, I hate saying this because it makes me sound like a boomer, but we are a very label-heavy society as far as sexuality discourse goes right now. And to be unlabeled when all of your cast and crew are, and to be kind of vague about that already was a very unpopular choice. Mm -hmm. Mind you, Kit Connor is 18 years old. Um, 18. I don't know if you remember where you were when you were 18. Um... (laughs) Not in a good place. Not in a good place. I can tell you that. Not I can tell you that. Not mentally. Ooh. Not good. Yeah, going through it. And then, so that was already a popular choice. And then a couple weeks back or months back, I think, Kit was snapped paparazzi-wise through fans holding hands with a girl, one of his co-stars in the new rom-com that he booked coming out later later this year, I think, or next year. And that's when shit hit the fan uh, he was getting swarmed in comment sections. His name was trending. People kept bringing him up because of the allegations of queer baiting, queer baiting the public, of like lying about being queer to infiltrate queer spaces and take opportunities away from actual bisexual men. Mm-hmm. Um, which already there are some layers as to why that allegations like that piss me off, but mostly it's, it's just biphobic in general. But anyway, he was like. A hungry public was desperate to gain more access into his life. He was dogpiled on for months. He deactivated his Twitter at one point. It was it got really bad. And they because they felt entitled to know his sexuality, they felt like he owed them access to every part of his life because they made him famous. And mm-hmm. he owes this to them. And eventually, like, he just came out as bi on Twitter. He's like, actually, by the way, I'm bi. Um, thank you all for forcing an 18-year-old to come out. I think you all missed the point of the show. Bye. Yeah. That has now nearly reached, like, a million likes. It has, like, garnered a new conversation about, like, why that was happening. And sure, like, some of it was non-fans who were just so desperate for, like, what they consider to be perfect representation that they were hypercritical of someone who they thought didn't earn it properly. But if we're being honest, he was getting an equal amount of pressure from his fans the people that swear up and down that they would love and support him no matter what, they were also an equal amount of voice saying, like, just give us an answer. Just give us yeah. something. Like, why aren't you, why are you withholding information from us? Both of my elbows just popped. I, th- it was we incredible. Heard. <laughs> we heard. ASMR of my aging body. <laughs> but, like, just give us something. Like, why, yeah. aren't, why aren't you giving us what we want? And people aren't used to being told no mm-hmm. by a celebrity, regardless of what it is. And that made people actively froth at the mouth. And... Just, hey, by the way, no one deserves to know anything like that. Like, not his actual friends and family, much less just active strangers on the internet. And, like, being forced to come out ever is such a horrible thing. But to be pressured to come out because your fans and your, like, anti-fans teamed up to try to actively sabotage your career and your life is super gross. Yeah. Because, like, after a certain point, stans do feel like they own you. You are a doll to them to mm-hmm. play dress up and play pretend with you in their mind. It goes beyond active consumption and more of like, ah, uh, what's that thing where cockroaches do? <laughs> Scurry? <laughs> like what? No, like, like, oh my god, swarm? No, that thing where like, like feast, pa- like parasite. 
Oh! That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best day of my life. I don't but think a cockroach is a parasite. I consider it to be one. <laughs> Tell that to my old apartment. No, but, like, it goes beyond, like, active consumption. And yeah. More of like, a, like, more of, not even just a parasocial, but, like, an active leech. Where, like, they want to... Parasitical social. And write that down. <laughs> Tweet that right now. Tweet that right now. Um, no, no, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like it's so. <sighs> it's... Ain't it just? Ooh. Ain't it though? Well, it, and and you're totally right. I, I, I think there's kind of constantly like ever since the first like celebrity, there has been a constant conversation of like, oh well, you know, do celebrities deserve privacy or not? <laughs> And it is so fucking weird that, like... It's off. That that is something that people are, like, actively Hmm. debating. There are two sides to this argument. Like, there's not. There's simply not. Everyone fucking deserves privacy. Basic decency. Yeah, everyone deserves to share whatever they want to share and keep to themselves whatever they want to keep to themselves, unless it's, like, illegal or, you know, like, problematic. Um, But it's just, like so weird how fans and not fans truly feel this entitlement of of like every single personal detail of your life and if you don't share it they are going to deplatform you they are going to take it from you yeah one way or the other And, and i i think it's like they're like oh well they're like rich and famous so like the very least that they can do is like share all of their private information with us because we We made made them them famous famous. i think especially with like social media influencers and stuff like that like people are like oh well like they wouldn't be here without me they wouldn't and it's like okay i think if they had like one unfollow like (laughs) they would survive like i i truly think that they would survive Mm -hmm. um but i don't don't know it's just like so fucking weird and then on like the other side of things in in the same like way the same people who are like i need to know every single private detail of your life and if you're not telling me every single detail of your life you're withholding yeah then then you're withholding everything in the same way people will use their own imagination to like fill the gaps Mm -hmm. of the private lives of celebrities that they stand for example johnny depp uh-oh. <laughs> Let's get into it. The ground rumbles. Let's get into it. The, so the, the walls cave in. <laughs> this, um, I was gonna say this happened a while ago. It really wasn't that long ago. Um, but obviously during the, like, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, um, it was very highly publicized. It, I mean, the entire thing was, like, recorded and broadcasted. Um, but not only that, it was actively being discussed on tiktok especially Mm. like twitter and tiktok but specifically tiktok it was like my entire feed and i didn't even like really give a shit i kept blocking it would be like like fan cams by the way yeah fan cams of an aging gross man regardless of anything it would be fan cams it would be um women reenacting amber heard's faces it Mm -hmm. would be comedians reenacting like it would be skits it would be um drawings it would be caricatures it would be sounds it would be like whatever and I kept being like, I'm not interested, TikTok. No. I am not in, and I would hit the not interested button because, like, at the time, I was like, here's the thing. It's a trial. I don't- Literally. Like, it is not my place to decide. It's a fucking courtroom. So like... I was like, okay, how about I let the two millionaires battle this out in court, and then when the dust has settled, maybe then I can form opinion. I am not about to form an opinion in the middle of an ongoing trial. Yeah. But that wasn't an option. It wasn't like you had to seek out that type of stuff. It dominated TikTok spaces and you could not block it. It would keep coming back. I No matter how many times I hit not interested, more videos would pop up. Her audio of describing a potential, whether you believe it's true or not, the words of Amber Heard describing Johnny Depp raping her became a sound that then other videos could use to do their makeup, to fit check, to make fun of her for saying this would be my dream scenario is Johnny Depp ripping off my clothes and forcing himself into me. What is she complaining about? So you can't, you could block the sound, but they would find ways to make it like every aspect of the trial go viral. I would go like on work to like on a YouTube link Mm -hmm. so I could post it for something. And our YouTube has no history. Like 
it all scans at the end of, like at the end of the day. So every time I would open up YouTube, it would be like a brand new person opened up YouTube with no search history. Mm-hmm. And every trending video was about like Johnny Depp looking like an angel for 15 minutes straight. Amber Heard caught in lies again. Like, well, and it's so weird because I, I like feel like that scenario specifically was kind I don't know maybe it's not that odd but like I well, I mean we, we all kind of know like the the bubble that you can get in on social media because like obviously if you are like leaning a certain way on a certain topic or like politically or whatever and you are only following people who believe the same things that you believe then like that's all the content that you're going to get and that's all the information that you're going to get and you're not going to really get any like nuanced perspectives because you are just constantly liking the information that you already agree with and and you know it's very like cyclical in that way but i think with the johnny depp trial it was kind of fascinating in a way that the entire internet seemed to be on his side and it was it was like hard to find any counter information that was like giving a nuanced perspective because everything was literally just like oh my god can you believe amber's lying again there was something about like the fucking like palette that she used she said that she used this like specific palette to like cover up her like bruises or whatever from when he like abused her and um or like allegedly is that alleged i don't know um I, I, don't, I don't know. And, and that, that could be a whole other podcast is the, the actual contents of this trial. And maybe it will be when I have balls. <laughs> well, but someone, but then someone like debunked it mm-hmm. because I think it was Melania or something. And they were like, that palette didn't even come out until after the date that she had said that she did. And it's like, does the specific, like she used a fucking makeup palette. Maybe she got the brand wrong. Maybe she got the specific one wrong. Like, or you know what? Maybe she did lie. But the fact that a actual brand <laughs> came out on Twitter to like dunk. Like to the, interfere with the trial? Like, like their Wendy's. so weird. Like their Wendy's. And it, it was a weird stand culture. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Regardless of what you like personally took away from the trial, because it's still... People are allowing a little bit more clarification now that the dust yeah. has settled a little yeah. bit. But people are still very hard fast on their opinions of it. And we will probably go into the actual trial at a later date. But regardless of that, stan culture dominated the entire thing. Love for Johnny Depp transcends both political parties. Regardless of what... So the ones that are more conservative, right-leaning, are like, see, women are abusers too. Um, and left-leaning are also like, you know, whatever. And everyone in between. It was a very bipartisan... Mm-hmm dumpster fire and also johnny depp is a very nostalgic figure no no one has seen a good johnny depp movie in the last 15 years but we all remember the ones that he was good in Mm -hmm. we grew up with those so aren't we all in a way like we are all fans of johnny depp who's amber heard i'm not a fan of amber heard Mm -hmm. i do not like aquaman for the reason of amber heard i enjoyed a jason momoa or two and i think she was in something else but his relative overwhelming adoring fans contributed heavily to his own marketing and the fact that those fans felt that they were owed this retribution because of the the abuse that they had faced when the first allegations came out mm-hmm. and so when the first allegations came out that Johnny Depp might be a wife beater uh, claims that are still held up by European courts um, but when those th- the allegations first came out people were like Johnny Depp is canceled and the people that stuck by his side endured some shit being like how can you stand by this man he's an awful man and so when the tides started turning stans felt entitled to be like and I told you so moment yeah a superiority being like I waded through the trenches this is my reward now don't you all see that I was right and that probably felt so good mm-hmm. if you were Johnny Depp stan and you like refused to believe Amber Heard throughout all of this and you were just like it's all one big conspiracy plot to to defame him and then suddenly like it seems like the entire internet collectively is on your side it must feel so good yeah and those are the type of people that would go to the trial as if it were content so what a perfect segue you knew exactly what i was going to say (laughs) um so the article the article that i read there's a quote where um they like interviewed some people who were standing outside of the trial holding up literally like fan signs for Johnny Depp. Um, And there was this guy. So he said, 
we just want to support our captain, said Jack Barker, 20, who are 20 years old. Your brain Get a is job. Not, your brain is not Get fully developed. Get a job! Um, who arrived on Monday dressed like an extra in Pirates of the Caribbean, a movie that came out like nearly 15, 20 years ago. Meek showing like, up in Corpse Bride cosplay. Like, like the moment is over. Like showing he, up in What's Eating Gilbert Grape cosplay. <laughs> Um, to film footage for his YouTube channel. Like, he's literally using this to get content. Um, if he goes down with the ship, we're going down with him. You don't know this man. You literally do not know this person, nor do you know the ins and outs of their personal relationship or their personal lives. To and But it's like, you feel like you do. And, and it's so weird, I think, especially with actors, because I'm like, with influencers, I do kind of understand the parasocial yeah. relationship because there's like, there is a natural progression of like being a fan of an influencer that can kind of like segue into a like true parasocial relationship because it's much more personal. But with actors, I under, you know, obviously they do press interviews, they do blah, 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 blah. Um, but like they do media training for that. Like that's not really their true personality. Tom Holland is not Spider-Man. No. And it's like these people, for whatever reason, they like equate the actor's personality to the personality of the characters that they feel nostalgic about and that they love. For example, Johnny Depp's like performance in uh, Pirate of the Caribbean. He's funny. He's witty. He's like you know, swashbuckling, you know? Oh like, my God. Did you see, there was that, and it got reposted over and over again. Only now are people like, that was the cringiest thing I've ever goddamn seen. Where it's like, Johnny Depp should say at the end of this, when the court has settled in his favor, he should stand up and go like, you will remember this as the day that you almost like, sank the legendary <laughs> like that was the quote people like he should say that no. and that got millions of likes it got reposted to instagram to to facebook people were like the like you'll remember this as a day that you almost caught the captain jack sparrow and i was like that would be so epic and i'm like this is not a movie people are not the characters that they play they, those are like scripted people. It's it's just so weird. And then there's literally, there's photos of people holding signs outside the courtroom that are like, Team Johnny. And it's like, what team? team. Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what team? What do you mean? It is a lawsuit. The tip jars at Starbucks being like, Team Johnny, Team Amber. And no, people were like putting like shit like trash in Team Amber. And I'm like, so this is It's just beyond. disgusting. This is not a Pokemon squad. This is not a team. These are not, this is not the Super Bowl. I'm just These like, are people. What maggots are eating your brain that like you think this is an acceptable way to behave? It's just people have no fucking critical thinking. I swear. You know I, what? You know what? Point and laugh. Literally point, point and, and laugh, laugh at these fucking people who are like, oh my God, I love him. I love him. And this is, I'm sorry. This is for every single fucking celebrity. Yes. This is for every celebrity. Unless you are a, a personal friend of them, you don't know them. You only see what they want you to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is very curated and it is coached. It is trained. It is uh, created by a entire team of professionals, and it's just like you, like you don't know this person. So I I am I will always say, and I I know I've the the many times that like people come out or like certain celebrities are just like being douchebags, and everyone's like, no, but like he seemed so sweet. You don't know them. You don't know them. You cannot idolize celebrities because you don't know them. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, it personally, I've, I've been like absolutely cracking my knuckles right in the microphone. I cannot wait for that to come out. <laughs> no, but like, have we not? I've learned my lesson with John Mulaney and with Ned yeah. Fulmer. I can't. Come on. But that's a good segue. Um, so what you were saying too, where it's like everything is helped, like heavily curated, yeah. heavily overanalyzed. So I feel like for, for actors, it's a little easier for them to constantly be... Um, in the, in the public's adoration because they can keep getting new roles. You know, Noah Centineo before he got weird. <laughs> the leaked audios that I cannot say. Um, wait. wait, what? Oh, dear God, don't make me do this. <laughs> I don't think I know what you're talking about. This sucks. So, very quick side tangent. <laughs> so, Noah Centineo was a very up-and-coming celebrity because he was going to be the new face of gen z rom-coms 
And so that's what I was saying. If you like keep getting roles in which you are like a boyfriend, people are going to be like, oh no, Sindaneo being my boyfriend. It's like, well, no, that was that character from To All the Boys being your boyfriend. That was the character from the other 90 Netflix movies yeah. that I didn't see. That was the if character anything, from Black you're, Adam. You're dating the writer. So <laughs> How does that make you feel? Um, but, oh God. And then his nudes got leaked. And not just that, but his Snapchat got leaked where he was asking, um, He was trying to be all sexy and grovelly into the microphone. He was basically like, so, can I see you squirt? <laughs> it's the worst day of my life. <laughs> the FBI couldn't torture this out of me, and yet here I am. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Not can I see you squirt? <laughs> anything else you could have said like let me see them cheeks <laughs> like you could like Kaylin no I no you can't <laughs> if a man ever said that to me I'd block his number but is is that not better than let me see you squirt <laughs> okay, okay I have goosebumps <laughs> I got <laughs> Okay. Anyway, oh dear God. <laughs> what was I even saying? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, it's easy for actors, if you're not weird, <laughs> to, to keep put getting in roles where people like can imagine you in a boyfriend role. Even Tom Holland. Tom Holland's not going to play Spider-Man forever, but he was in the, he's, he's, he's booked and busy for a while, yeah. and people are going to be like, whatever, Spider-Man's an iconic enough character that that will propel him forever. I don't know why I keep bringing up Tom Holland. Uh-oh. But... Musical artists are a little different, and I've noticed this uh, as a kind of their own world. So management for musical artists will sometimes lean into this idea of cultivating a parasocial fan relationship, because when you have a loyal fan base that is actively, constantly, obsessively consuming your content, buying your merch, going to your concerts, it's very beneficial. It's great for business if you have this fan base that is in love with you, and so a lot of times management teams will lean into that they will actively encourage that and what i like to call the night changes principle and the i nightman cometh the nightman cometh um based on the site so there was this one direction music video called night changes and it was very iconic i cried but the point of the music video is that you go through different um povs of going on a date with each member of one direction but they're playing to the camera the camera is you they are looking into the camera's eyes as you go um, ice skating with Harry Styles. POV, you're eating spaghetti with Zayn. Wasn't that the yeah, scene? He's, <laughs> and he's, like, wiping the camera's chin. It, it, like, it was the most, like, innovative, brilliant idea. But it is that concept of, like, either their management team, their agents, their creative team, their branding being, like, what if we make our fans believe that they have some sort of chance, romantic or otherwise, to of getting to know these boys? Um, I know this very little, so please don't attack me, ARMY. I have a wife and kids. But um, according to my best friend, BTS does this a lot, um, where she, they cultivate this idea that you know them. You know this boy band. You know them very well. And she, she keeps saying, she's like, if they could just see me, if, he, if my favorite man in BTS could just see me, he would know that we are destined to be. And I'm like... But you don't know him. She's like, but I do. I'm like, but you don't. And that's not like, I'm not trying to like dunk on her or anything. I do the same thing. I do the same thing with a lot of my celebrities. I'd be like, oh God, they'd be perfect. Yeah. Dev Patel, if you're out there. But I, I don't know if he's genuinely a monster or if he's just the sexiest man I've ever seen. One of those things is true. This is the second one. I showed her a fan cam of Dev Patel the other day. We are, we are Dev Patel stands. Starting now. That is the one, that's the one pass. That's the one pass. And he, However, he I it. won't, I won't claim to know who he is. I won't no. claim to know his personality. I will just say that he is a very sexy man. So. <laughs> and two things can be true. And two things can be true. So you have this like loyal fan base that has invested thousands of hours into following your every move, spending money on merch, on tickets, on albums, on makeup collabs, whatever it is. If you're an actor, they've bought your movies and um if you're an influencer they've bought your makeup collabs or your merch and if you're a 
others like music celebrity bought your albums they go on to like they have given you time and money and yeah it makes sense i guess that if you actively are cultivating this relationship that your fans feel that they are you owe them and in a way i guess like you fans should have some expectation of you if you are providing them a service like fame shouldn't be entirely unconditional like mm-hmm. you should still be providing if you were to have fans but it goes beyond that with stan culture because it's not just like the active anything like that it's after investing so much of their own lives into yours they are expecting a return on that mm-hmm. and a lot of the times if the more you give sometimes you get as much as your average fan and that's not always technically going to feel fair it's like my friend who's only a very passive fan of this celebrity is getting just as much as I am, someone who has devoted her entire life to following you. That's not fair. I deserve more. I gave more. I want to get more. Mm-hmm. Isn't that not of equal exchange? Is that not fair? No, it's not. But that's kind of where that attitude of entitlement really comes from, is this idea of, I've given you my everything. Now, in return, please... Wouldn't you just give me your everything? Well, and I think it's really interesting, especially when... Because I feel like sometimes you hear stories of, like... Um, or, like, celebrity horror stories or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God, I, I like, met this person in, like, a Bath and Body Works and they were a bitch. And it's like <laughs> yep. meeting someone in a meet and greet where they are being paid. That is their job. Like, they're putting on a performance of sorts. Um, because that's they their have agreed job. to be there. Yes, versus being like accosted in public by someone who you've literally never met before, yelling at probably not yelling in your face, but just being like, "Oh my god, I love you so much!" Like, hey, please, please, please get a picture. Is that you? And Is that it's like sometimes you just like don't want to, and that's fine. And I think that like people should have the right to be like, "Hey." I'm like, I just can't right now. I just can't. And it's like, sometimes, I don't know. Like, you just never know what people are going through. Maybe they're fucking hangry. Maybe they've had a bad day. Maybe they just found out their grandma died. Like, mm-hmm. you you truly do not know what these people are going through. So to base someone's entire personality and their entire, like, attitude off of, like, a 30-second interaction, I think is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Again, these are not fictional characters that you can turn on whenever you damn well please. You are not going to walk through and see your favorite fictional character out in Trader Joe's buying some muffins. You are looking at an actor who is hungry, who's going to go back to their apartment so they can do more auditions and do mm-hmm. some more meetings, and, like, that's that's them. And they cannot just always have a switch. And it is this weird idea of if you don't constantly bend over and appease everyone, you are being ungrateful. Is if you don't always share everything with your stands then you hate them and you don't appreciate all of the hard work that they have done to to boost you up because there is a big boost if you have a stand culture business wise that's amazing yeah. because you have people that are going to do the Justin Bieber yummy thing where they are going to try to inflate the stream numbers on your new single by playing it in their sleep and playing it at low volume and trying to j- jinx the numbers they are going to be the ones that yeah try to inflate your numbers to try to get you always constantly trending on twitter to put your fan cams everywhere like they are putting in the work they are going to be the people who defend you and dox people who are dare disagree they are your personal army that's why bts is called army they're an army they're global army and if any one of them do decide to, like, get into any sort of hot water, it's nice to have some dedicated, loyal fan bases to back you up and yeah. tell people to kill themselves if you think that Taylor Swift's new song is mid. Mm-hmm. So one of the most, I would say, like, notoriously problematic, like, fan groups is the Barbs. We all know the Barbs, um, Nicki Minaj's fans, if you're not... Aware, I don't know. Are you congratulations? Your life is now worse. Yeah, for having known. Sorry, Um, (laughs) but the so the Rolling Stones uh, article that I I read, they um, talked about a specific incident where a um, I think like a a music journalist um, critiqued Nicki Minaj, and all this is literally quote for quote what they said. You know how dope it would be if Nicki put out mature content. 
No silly shit, just reflecting on past relationships, being a boss, hardships, etc. She's touching 40 soon. New direction is needed. Which, like... I don't know. Maybe the she's touching 40 soon. What Like, I don't know. Whatever. We can disagree. Yeah. But it's like, I, I feel like that's really not that harsh of a critique. And the critique is literally just saying like, hey, you know, like Nikki has been like the queen of rap for a very long time. Like maybe it's time that she kind of switches up some of her material and starts touching on more more mature things and like challenging her her lyrics in that way mm-hmm. um to like expand and grow as an artist we that's went to art school we, critiques can rip your teeth out that's that's it, the most mellow hurt. thing that yeah. i've ever seen it can hurt but like that's they're not being mean no. by by any by any means so anyway um so nikki and i will say i do think a, a large issue with the barbs specifically. And I'm sure that there are some other like fan groups that are similar in this way, but like Nikki is kind of known for like endorsing her fans behavior. Um, especially when it's like not the best, um, scenario. And, um, I, she just seems like kind of a sensitive person. Um, barbs don't come for me, please. Oh, it's too late. Um, You are so fucked. I know. (laughs) So anyway, so, so Nikki reached out to, um, to the, the journalist Wanda Thompson. She, she reached out to Thompson directly through, um, like DM and said, (laughs) this is kind of funny, honestly. Um, when your ugly ass was 24, you were pushing 30. I'm 34, Nikki wrote. I'm touching 40, LOL. And what does that have to do with my music? That was the only, like, she was just, like, so personally offended by that touching 40 comment that she didn't even pay attention to, like, the rest of the critique. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, anyway, so Thompson um, posted the DM to Twitter and was kind of like, LOL, like, this is your queen. Um, And the Um, barbs were in. I'm shocked this man is alive, frankly. Breathing? Is he? It's a female journalist. Okay. Is she alive? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. I, I hope so. I, I, I think so. But yeah, so, so Thompson posted a screenshot of, of the DMs um, and the wrath of the barbs was, was swift. A swift. <laughs> um, and so Thompson revealed that she received thousands of messages over social media and email calling her stupid, ugly, um, and some even including four year, or photos of her four-year-old daughter. Why are you including people's children in this? Mm. Like, that's just, that's just so ridiculous. And like doxing, I don't know, whatever, whatever. But I think it's really interesting because there, there are some celebrities who really do endorse their fans doing stuff like this. Um, and I think particularly celebrities who choose to be like more vulnerable and personal with their fans, um, whether it's through like interviews or live streams. And I know Nikki does a lot of live streams, um, social media or whatever. It's so much easier to connect with them because you you know, you feel like you have that personal relationship with them. And especially with celebrities who like, you've been a fan of them since the beginning. I think that's especially where that entitlement comes from because they're like, it, it's again, that point of like, well, you wouldn't be here without me. And it's like, okay, I think that they, they would still be there with you but that's fine um but like with celebrities who you've seen grow from like the beginning of their careers you feel protective over them you're like that's my friend like that's that's you know that's my boo like that's who that's who i'm like ride or die for and then especially especially when they fuck up and they do something wrong it can be like like people get emotional I know, especially with, like, the John Mulaney thing. So many people were, like, distraught. And by people, you mean Skylar specifically? (laughs) I took a day to cry. I'll be honest. And was that healthy? Absolutely no, it wasn't. But, and this is also, like, in general, the problem of always hyping someone up as an unproblematic fave. Don't ever do that. I know it's, like, you mean it as a compliment. We all do. But it never is a compliment. Well, it's, like, everyone has their their problems exactly like, no and one is perfect he was praised for so much because so much of comedy if you're a stand-up comedian is like my wife i hate my wife don't you know the old ball and chain my wife was a bitch the other day point and laugh at this bitch yeah and john mulaney's content really stemmed from i love my wife and it was refreshing and he was just such a personable guy i did make john mulaney a huge core of my personality and i totally shouldn't have and i took that personally like someone 
I knew had cheated. Uh, well, not not confirmed cheated, but had this whole messy scandal with, mm-hmm. and now has divorced said wife, and, and has a baby has a with, Olivia, with Olivia Munn. And same thing with like, and it, it could be even you know I still treat Robin Williams dying like my uncle is dead. Yeah, is that healthy? No. Did Robin Williams ever know me? No. But that's how I felt as a kid. That's how I still feel. Well, and I think you're touching on a good point of like. Uh, obviously like the content that you consume does have an impact on your personality and I think especially the content that you consume in your formative years like really does have an impact on like um I don't know just just like the things you talk about your interests your you know just like your general personality traits um so it really does feel like to a certain extent especially with someone like Robin Williams like it it feels like they raised you to like you know to 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 a certain extent so when those when something happens with those types of people it feels very personal despite them literally having no idea who you are it feels incredibly personal and it and it hurts and it it has i think this is a a really good like point to go into is like it it truly feels like a friend and i think that our brains have a hard time differentiating between parasocial relationships and actual relationships. And I think the reason why is because the way that we form parasocial relationships is very similar in the way that we form actual relationships. Like, uh, for example, I feel like influencers are kind of the best example of this, where, like, you... You... We, we as human beings have an innate drive to connect with people. We are just constantly trying to find ways to connect with other human beings. Um, and with, with like social media influencers, like let's say someone shows up on your TikTok page for like the first time. You've never seen them before, but you watch the video and you're like, oh, I kind of like this person, whatever. Maybe you like the video. Um, and then you move on, you know, but now that you've watched the entire video and you have interacted with that video, the algorithm now knows that you, you, they should deliver more of that content to you. So then you, you know, you start with the introduction, getting a taste of their general personality. And then the more content you watch or the equivalent of the equivalent of like spending more time with a person, like an, an in-person friend, the more insight you get into their life, the more personal it becomes, the um, more like maybe the, maybe they're helping you through a tough time. Maybe they have like a video that's just like some general advice. And you're like, you know what? I really needed to hear that. That really helped me in this moment. And I, and I think that like trajectory of forming parasocial relationships is so similar to forming in-person relationships and friendships that that's why it feels incredibly personal is because our brains can't necessarily differentiate or come to terms with the fact that like that person has no idea who you are because you know everything about them. That's it, li- like quite literally the, the problem that I'm having with, with my best friend in BTS and her favorite her bias is she's like, I have a crush on him. And I'm, she like, not that she's like incapable or anything. <laughs> Twinkle's just like glaring at himself in the mirror. And it was Me too, Bessie. I've been trying to fix my bangs in my own reflection this whole time. It's bad. But I, she's like, I like, every time I see him, I feel like I have a crush. Like my, my brain chemicals, I have butterflies, my palms get sweaty, like, she gets the dopamine, she gets the serotonin, she, her brain is activating the same crush chemicals that you get when it's a person that you know, and so her brain cannot tell the difference, so she's like, I'm in trouble, she's like, I am quite literally, chemically, literally, in love with someone who does not know who I am, and she's like, it's hard, because she's going on dates, and she's like, nothing is comparing to this manufactured celebrity that I have a thing for. Because mm-hmm. she's like, how can they? They're a person. Like, they're a human being. And my heart is taken right now. And yeah. I'm like, it's just a, kind of an awkward situation. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I feel like we're kind of... Do, do you have much more to say? I feel like we're at a good point. I think we're at a good point, too. Okay. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like the, I guess, solution of all of this is to just just keep in mind that like you don't know these people Mm -hmm. like you you really do not and even if it feels like they are sharing every single aspect of their lives of their personality it is still curated to a certain extent 
Like it is still, they are still performing under the guise of like, I guess not under the guise, but like they are performing knowing that people are going to be watching, people are going to be judging, people are going to be connecting. And so they may say certain things or behave in certain ways that aren't necessarily inauthentic, but are a performance of Mm -hmm. sorts. And so I, I think the way to, I guess, close this all out is to just please keep in mind that celebrities are not your friends. It can be wonderful, I think, to have role models and people that you maybe look up to, that you connect with, that um, can impact your life in positive ways. But if something comes out where they are maybe, quote unquote, not the person who you thought that they were, I think it's important to know and remind yourself that you never knew them. Yeah, yeah. My my closing out advice would be just to kind of bring the, everything full circle, to bring back the Darren Chris and the Harry Styles yes. thing as one last final hurrah, is one of the big things that stands have the most difficulty accepting is that their favorite icon is dating someone who they think is not worthy of them. Um, we Again, probably could talk about this for a whole other podcast, but I will keep it short and sweet for the sake of like advice is that just admit that you're jealous. Like the, the, no, it, it is. It's, just admit it, babes. Admit, it's, I think personally, it's way less childish than to just admit that you're jealous than to try to bend over backwards and try to justify or try to explain that you're not. Like Olivia Wilde, let's be honest, she's just a person. She's not the antichrist. She's not a secret pedophile out to leech Harry or ruin his life. She is dating him. And people will, I like tweeted once, I was like, Olivia Wilde's only crime is being slightly tone deaf and occasionally lame because she is a white woman in her 30s and literally and i was like and but tell a harry styles fan that and they will convince you that she's the antichrist Mm -hmm. i tweeted that a person i have never seen a day in my life i have 20 followers posted actually sweetie she enables pedophiles she is an active abuser and she is a piece of shit maybe do your research next time like i was like do you understand the point that you have completely missed like, just admit that. And it, there's this weird thing where, like, if you feel like you do know this person, you own this person, you feel like you know them better than they know themselves, and they're like, but they're not good enough for them. Their loved one has not passed my sniff test. I know most there is about them, and the person they have chosen to be with, I think, is a bad person for X, Y, Z, and totally not because I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. All right, Darren Chris's wife is awful, totally not because I'm jealous. Okay, it's because she's awful, because she said a weird tweet in 2011, all right? And that's why she's evil, okay? Totally not because I'm angry and jealous and sad. Yeah, and just admit that you're jealous and move on, you know? Oh, God. Um, same thing with, like, I guess, like, taking a distance and being like, if they, if your favorite celebrity associates with someone and the, that you don't agree with, there, there is that instinct to be like, well, they're not who I thought they were then. If they keep hanging out with people that I have deemed not worthy enough. Olivia Wilde isn't good enough to be Harry, like, to be with Harry Styles. What is Harry thinking? Is he actually bad news? I'm like, no. Harry Styles is hanging out with, like, friends who I consider to be not very good people, Okay. Like, it is this weird, like, take a step back just because you have decided with your own free will to put in your life and your love and your blood into the celebrity. You go into that knowing there will be no equal exchange. And that is my only advice. As someone who has been around stan culture, it is hard to accept that you did all that for nothing. But then to realize that you did all that for nothing and you did that to yourself. Darren Chris did not force me to be obsessed with him. That was my own choice. That was my own doing. And his beautiful brown eyes and my 14-year-old self, all right, it was inevitable. And to just take ownership of that. And you know what? Stand away. If you want your favorite celebrity, singer, actor to be successful and you think you're the key to doing that, power to you. I'm sure they appreciate you. But there is this understanding that you are not entitled to them. You are not entitled to everything they have that you have given them, they don't necessarily have to give back. And that is what happens when you love a celebrity. And yeah. that's the exchange that you have to do. Well, and it's like, I'm I'm, I'm not trying to say that 
you shouldn't be fans of people because I do think that like fan communities have their own place. And I think it's a really wonderful way to, to build community and to connect with people who have similar interests. Um, but maybe find your connections within that community with people who you can actually have conversations with people who you could actually meet up with and get coffee with or just FaceTime with or whatever. Like if that's how you want to build your community and that is the stepping stone that you need, I think that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think that totally has its place, Mm -hmm. but I think it's an, yeah, just like detach yourself from the actual person who you're standing like every once in a while and maybe just take a step back and kind of be like everything that I see is a performance of sorts. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, this is not the case for this podcast. Please form parasocial <laughs> relationships with us. This is the real me. I am not- Love me. Choose me. Pick me. All right? Pick me. Make stan accounts of me. Fight for my honor. Because I guarantee goddamn to you, I'm going to get too drunk one night on Taco Bell fumes. And I'm going to tweet something stupid. And I'm going to need every single one of you to bat for me on Twitter so I can maintain my college degree. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, and with that- my laptop is about to die, and I think we're at a good stopping <laughs> point. Um, yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening to our silly little voices. Um, and we will we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, yo, love back. <laughs> <laughs>